Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. This is Austin Parr with Discount Fishing Tackle, hosting for Terry Wickstrom this Saturday as he is out in Hawaii, hopefully really enjoying his vacation with Karen out there. Um, but we're going to go right to the phones and talk with Nathan Zelinsky with Tightline Outdoors. Nate, I hear you're at the St. Paul Ice Show right now. I am, man. You want to talk about the uh, the heart and soul of the ice fishing industry right here in St. Paul at this show. And uh, I'm pretty sure uh, about every person in Minnesota is down here at the expo today. <laughs> they uh, they don't quite have ice yet, so... Uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of anglers here stocking up on gear. Um, so, yeah, this is a massive retail show. Everybody's showing the latest and greatest of ice fishing. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's great to be here a part of it and kind of check everything out. Absolutely. You know, there's so many people in Colorado that are passionate about it. But you go up to the north country like that, and I, it's really a, a way of life for those folks up there, isn't it? It's crazy, man. You know, I'd, I'd say everybody here is, is beyond dedicated to the oh, yeah. sport. Um, I mean, you know, you talk to uh, the average family that comes in. You know, so there's a, you know, a, a dad, a wife, and you know, three, four kids, and they all have flasher graphs. They all have their own shelters. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely a very hardcore sport here in Minnesota. So it's neat to see. And you know, I will say that if there is an ice fishing product, if if you sell it at Discount Tackle. Bass Pro, you saw it anywhere, um, more than likely it made its debut uh, right here at the St. Paul Ice Show. So I would say that it is hard to, to do anything in the industry um, as far as gear or product-wise without debuting it here at the St. Paul Ice Show. So, uh, you know, it's been crazy. I haven't got a chance to walk the entire floor, uh, but it's really neat to see uh, to see the latest and greatest and the innovations and, and everything happening in the industry. You know, talk the sport, and uh, again, this is the heart and soul of it. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of things. You know, it, it's kind of like I I would say that there's a lot of advancements in current gear uh, here at the show this year. I mean, I'd say the, the new products, as far as like new to the industry, you're seeing a lot of stuff uh, to keep the hole from freezing. So a lot of aerators and bubblers and, and ways to move water inside your ice hole to where if you are fishing outside, you're not getting freeze up in that hole. That's kind of like one of the, I'd say, the latest products that you're seeing here at the show. Um, but the biggest thing I'd say you're seeing is, is advancements. You're seeing better technology. Um, you know, ice armor by clam. You're seeing those suits getting lighter, getting more mobility in them. Um, toward literally, you're wearing the, the warmest suit out there, but it's like you're, you're not wearing a bulky suit. Uh, so a lot of advancements there. Um, got some really cool stuff going on at JR's Tackle. If you, you hear us talk about the show, you always hear us talk about JR's Tackle. Uh, good friends with those guys. You can check out their website. Um, but they're doing a lot of cool stuff with paint. I was just checking out their booth, and they have a, a brand-new lineup of jigs that the white appears true crystal crystal clear white but yet it has the availability of glowing pinks and glowing reds wow. um, most of your glow paints you know you get that that hint of that you, know, you, you get that glow yellow to it you get that glow red um, so this daytime to the eye is as bleach white as you could possibly imagine uh, but in those those you know low light periods you do get the glow effect of those coming through so really cool to see that um, I was checking out another bait they have called a fish call rattle um and this is probably one of the the coolest things that i I think i've seen um is you're just getting these these technologies of better rattles better materials in a bait to where you can have a small bait 
and have insanely loud rattles to pull fish in. Um, you know, and also I know you are the same as me. We do so much reactionary fishing. Absolutely. Uh, you know, fishing your jigging wraps, fishing your blade baits, and through the ice. Um, you know, for me, I used to do you know very exclusively fishing small plastic little tube jigs for for big rainbows and browns at like Antero. Um, and nowadays I'm, I'm using those same reaction baits that I use for walleyes. You know, whether you're using little lipless crankbaits or baits designed for ice fishing. Um, you know, we're using small minnow style baits that you jig that have vibration, have flash, have rattle. Um, and these fish called rattle baits by JR's Tackle. Um, they're really, they are a very loud bait in a small profile. Um, I can't wait to try them up at Antero again. They're going to pull fish in and on those days when those fish are somewhat reluctant to take a bait, um, you know, these really reactionary style baits and loud baits are going to get it done. And I think on years like we're having now to where, you know, Antero guys were on the ice on Halloween. We thawed them, we refroze, but so far, I would say that our mountain lakes are going to experience a very long winter um, for what we've seen so far. And I think as you get into that mid-season where the ice cap's been on for two or three months, um, I kind of anticipate some of these fishing fisheries slowing down a little bit as far as the angling goes. Because again, you have low oxygen levels, low light, and the fish are just, they've been under the ice a while. Um, I think the reactionary style fishing with baits like we're talking about, I think is going to be a, a major game plan to catch these fish um, in kind of that midwinter doldrum. So I think reactionary fishing is going to be a major thing for us this winter. Yeah, and I mean, getting away from some of the spoons and stuff that everyone throws and going more to that little lipless style is certainly something I had a lot of success with last year. And incorporating that with your your dead sticks or people around you fishing smaller jigs all can improve the, the bite with one of those baits. Absolutely. You know, and then I, I think other things that we're seeing here at the St. Paul I feel um, is advancements on rods. I mean, obviously, you know, I don't want to say back in the day and make it sound like we're, we're all old here, but, you know, not too many years ago, ice rods were ice rods. They were all inexpensive. They were all fairly, you know, the same thing. There wasn't a lot of action put into them. Um, and now the ice rod industry has blown up. I mean, there is 10 or 15, you know, custom rod tackles that are kind of selling, you know, rods as far as general specs go. Um, but the ice rod industry is blown up. You know, you can put a lot of money into an ice rod now. But with that, whether you're spending a little amount of money or, or you know, buying a, a higher end rod, um, ice rods now have true actions. I mean, you really are getting a true action, a medium heavy with fast tips and things like that in an ice rod. So, you know, before you bought an ice rod that could handle landing the size fish you were going for, now you're very specific. You're getting technique-driven rods. Hey, I, I fish these reaction baits. What's a rod for that? Hey, I fish... Uh, you know, this style bait, what's the rod for that? So the ice rods have really gone great as far as action goes. And then the handles of the rods is, is amazing. You know, whether a rod had a real seat or it had a Tennessee-style handle, we were keeping on a reel. Um, now I'd say that the biggest advancement is in the real seat. Um, you're looking at the clam products. I mean, they have multiple options, but they're eliminating bulky reel seats where you can still have a real seat. You're not dealing with tape. But yet your hands are on the blank of the rod. You're delivering all of the sensitivity of that rod into your hand um, to detect the, the most minute bites that sometimes oh, yeah. happen uh, when you're out ice fishing in cold conditions. So the advancements in the rod industry, I'd say, is is very prevalent all over the show. Every three, four booths, um, you're seeing kind of the, the craziness of advanced ice rods here. Yeah, and I mean, whether you're going with some of the really new high-end stuff that are either the customs or, or the St. Croix custom ice, but even like the, when you talk about the clam stuff, 
that's a much more affordable ride. You're not getting into the the hundred or one hundred and fifty dollars, but those those actions are are beautiful. And I mean, a lot of those rods too are, especially over the last couple of years, have been gearing more toward the lake trout game as well. Particularly when you're talking about some of the clam and Jason Mitchell stuff. Absolutely, and I think it's cool to see because again, you know, I mean, how many of us, especially you and I, growing up in our generations. When we wanted to go catch big lake trout, I mean, we were running the traditional old-school Eagle Claw yellow rods. I mean, it was the only that had anything heavy enough to, to, to even run a jig for these big lake trout, let alone hook one. Um, and nowadays, yeah, you're seeing a lot of manufacturers cranking that out. And I claim you have the split grip, you have the, or the Jason Mitchell, you have multiple lineups in that, you know, 34 to 40-inch rod that's built for big pike big lake trout you know all these bigger species that we're targeting um which is great to see because again you just have options now you can actually perform and work a bait right you can actually feel that bite and more importantly you have fish fighting ability um you know you're running those extra heavy rods back you had no action on that rod you would know, hook those lakers and if they turn their head towards you um you lost the fish because oh, yeah. you have a rod to absorb that um so, so it's neat to see you know again specifics per species um and all these rod developments coming to to the angler so a lot of options to up your game and i think rod and reel selection and more detecting bites is one of the biggest things that we've been talking about lately um obviously we run the ice addiction tournament series uh which we again we encourage everybody to sign up for they start january uh 18th ten thousand dollars cash for the first place prize and we talk about to talk to anglers i should say about this tournament series and i can't tell you how many people are like man we you know we get close we see fish on the graph we get bites you know, we're really hoping to win. And obviously with a $10,000 first place prize, you want to make the most of everything. And if you do a study, you do a poll, even like my ice tournament of how many people have the opportunity to do well that end up not doing so well. You know, you look at the numbers and, you know, far more anglers on that field get bites. And it's just a matter of turning a bite or a fish touching your bait into a hooked fish, no, into a landed it. fish into a prize. And so many people are, you know, in a, in a tournament situation like that, they're talking with their friends, they're having a good time, they're eating snacks or whatever, and they miss that bite. Now, if you get multiple bites, it's okay. You know, hopefully you can capitalize on one. But so many of us in a, in a tournament situation only have that one bite. And the angler that can execute and turn one bite into a fish on the ice, those are the anglers that are going to have that opportunity at that $10,000 cash. So, you know, making sure that you have a rod specific to where you feel the bite or you're ready for that bite, you're comfortable, um, it's, it's what excels. I and mean, you look at the top bass anglers and you look at your, your Kevin Van Dams, your Mike Eccanellis, you know, and all these elite anglers that we look up to. And so many times – we think that they have a, a special skill set. We think that they're advanced in their knowledge. And sometimes at these tournaments, it literally comes down to the fundamentals of, of exactly what we're talking about. Some of these guys literally win more money and place higher in tournaments strictly because they can turn, you know, 90% or 95% of their bite into fish into the boat. Um, you know, so many, again, we, we, we overlook that. And you think about how many fish you actually get bites from, how many fish you land. And if you can focus on that, um, that will actually help you catch more and bigger fish at the end of every day on the water, and let alone the fact of, of entering a tournament oh, yeah. um, to get that focus dialed in. Definitely. Well, ice fishing right now certainly is uh, the name of the game, at least for a lot of the customers coming in to, to discount fishing tackle. But uh, you're going to be hosting the show next week, and I'm sure you're going to be going over uh, a bunch of different ice fishing opportunities, particularly with another week of cold weather. 
Absolutely. We're going to be talking a lot of ice fishing. We're going to have pros calling in uh, from all over the country. We will get the greatest of the greats on the ice uh, to call on the show next week. We're going to talk about tactics, you know, and then you know, things for winning tournaments. If you want to play some ice fishing, here, follow the show next week. We're going to talk about that. And, uh, yeah, we're going to cover a lot of stuff. Uh, and then we'll kind of do another recap from here at the ice show and uh, kind of cover everything that's happened in the ice industry. Yeah. And then real quick, uh, Sportsman's Expo is coming up January 9th through the 12th. Uh, you're going to be presenting multiple times as well as having a booth down there. Uh, give us a little uh, sneak peek as to what you're doing out there. Yeah, excited about that. Obviously, we all love ISE. It's uh, kind of you know the Denver tradition. If you're an outdoorsman, you come to ISE. Um, and I'll be doing a little bit of everything. So I'll be uh, I'll be on the tank um, doing walleye seminars on on multiple days, and then there's an advanced day. I believe it's Friday. Uh, it's considered the advanced tactics, and we're going to be talking about giant lake trout and big predators. So it's all about the, those real big fish. So we're going to be talking about that at the advanced uh, you know opportunity. We're also going to have the experts panel. I'll be there talking. I think predators. Um, so yeah, so we have opportunity on the tank for for multiple species, depending on which day you come, as well as the expert corner. And I will also be doing hunting seminars daily. Uh, really, it's all about the focus of which tags to draw in Colorado and how to scout for those tags. We're going to talk about not having to have a lot of points. Everybody thinks to have a successful elk hunt, they have to have a ton of, of preference points. And it's not the case. You see the elk that, that I'm killing and, and a lot of my buddies, um, we're doing it with none or, and or minimal points. So we're going to talk about really how to plan the ultimate Colorado hunt if you don't have points, how to scout for that hunt and how to create that success. Uh, we also have a major thing going on Saturday. So excited about this. Uh, we have the Cast Kings uh, casting competition, um, and they kind of up the game to make everybody a little nervous. We have Jimmy Houston entering the contest. Um, so real excited about the Cast Kings uh, casting competition. That'll be Saturday afternoon. Uh, so, yeah, a lot to see no matter what day you come. Uh, but you can always go to sportsexpos.com, click on the schedule, see which topics you want to learn about and, uh, and come that day. But, yeah, can't wait to, to talk education and hopefully uh, give everybody some insight to help them catch more and bigger fish and create more success in the field. Nate, we got to go. We certainly appreciate uh, you calling in as always. Absolutely. We'll talk to everybody uh, next weekend. And, yeah, good luck on the ice. Be safe, and uh, we'll talk to everybody soon. Perfect. One more pair of tickets to give away right now. First person to text EXPO to 303-713-1043 gets one more set of tickets to the Denver International Sportsman's Expo. Uh, what we got to go right now, uh, but you're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented in part by Sun Enterprises, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. This is Austin Parr with Discount Fishing Tackle, filling in for Terry Wickstrom this week. And we are going to go right to the phones, up to Grand County. Bernie Keefe, how are you today? Good. How you doing, Austin? Doing excellent. We've been talking about all kinds of ice fishing down here. And, and uh, I know a lot of people are itching to go. Maybe not quite time yet on a lot of the big water, but are you seeing any ice up there in uh, Middle Park? Yeah, yeah, we do. We drove down to Williams Fork yesterday. There's open water everywhere there. Then we came up. Willow Creek is frozen. Granby's wide open. Shadow's frozen. And Grand Lake is wide open. Um, Willow Creek and Shadow have both been froze for about a week. We didn't go check the ice. So you probably have some good stuff out there. But, you know, as normal, check it as you go. Don't fall in. You get wet, you probably won't come back. Yeah, it definitely is uh, not to be taken for granted at all. And I think a lot of people do take it for granted, particularly when I'm seeing all the people going out and selling them the, the equipment to go and do so. Um, but certainly being safe is is really important. But to go along with some of that ice, there's some great open water opportunities right now, aren't there? 
Oh, there is. You know, Granby fish is so good in December from the bank. Uh, you can get a kayak or a tube or something like that out there. A tan lunch only. The ramps are closed on there and Grand Lake both. But you can fish from the bank and either throw crankbaits early in the morning or on a nasty day. And if it's nice out, throw jigs. Uh, numbers of fish is not a problem. You'll get into your large fish. Everything right now should be in shallow water. Should be so many fish in shallow water. You just got to figure out what you want to do and go target that, and it'll be real, real good. Absolutely, and I mean, even places like Williams Fork, we've been hearing uh, the bite's been pretty solid from the shore, uh, depending upon who you talk to as well. Yeah, and Williams Fork, I forgot to mention this. Late in the afternoon, like 2, 3 o'clock, if you want to go chase a pike, um, they'll be up in the shallows. You got to pick a nice sunny day. It's got to be a very nice day right now. But you got a shot on a big pike on a lure in the shallows by wading back out there and just fish where the breeze is blowing into the into the bay and a nice sunny day and you should do well there. Absolutely. Well, you know we uh, everyone knows that you're the the master when it comes to those big lake trout on the ice and and I know you're probably pretty booked up coming up right now, but we're certainly going to be seeing some some good opportunities uh, to go target fish up there and uh, and what are you anticipating for a season this this uh, coming year? I think it's going to be good. I think Granby is going to have a lot of them 22 to 26 inch fish, which here's something I've been telling everybody. If you want more 30 plus inch fish in the lake, you're going to start catching more of those fish over 20 this year. Throw those back. If everybody gets in the habit of doing that, we'll get a lot of fish moving up into that upper size class, which everybody wants to catch. But you have to you have to throw them 20 inches back. It's going to be real important. Sure. Um, we're going to have a bunch of them coming in. They've been stocking rainbows out there, fingerlings, half a million of them for the past few years. So that's helping everything grow. There's some big rainbows out there. There's some real, there's browns up to 28, 29 inches right now that we've caught in the past couple of years. So there are some big ones in there, not a lot, but they're there. Uh, three or four of them showing up during the contest last year. So keep that in mind when you're coming out there. The ice fishing up here is going to be incredible this year. Um, the only thing that's going to be short supply in our lakes up here is Kokanee, but you got Wolford for that, and that's going to be incredible once that freezes up. Absolutely. We did not drive down there to check the ice, but I'd imagine it's still open in most of the lake. Sure. Well, going back to what you were talking about, about letting those those fish go, that's so important because, you know, we everyone talks about letting the really big fish go, but a lot of people talk about eating those 20-inch kind of fish, and without those fish in the ecosystem – Really, the the next year class or or the or the next decade class, I guess you could say, is is not going to be moving in. And that that's exactly right. You know, the the whole plan of selective harvest, in my opinion, evolves around picking on the largest age group of fish. If you're going to take them home, there are so many 15 to 18 inch fish in that lake. Those are the ones you want to pick on. If you need to take fish home, take home just what you need for a meal. And then take home up, take them home up to 18 inches. Once they get to 18 inches, there's a little bit of a drop off and then a big drop off in the numbers. So those are the ones you really want to look at. And if you look up on the CPW website and look for the biologist reports, every lake you like to go fish, the biologists do a really good job of their surveys. They'll tell you everything in that lake and the size classes. 
and they'll help you choose by your common sense yeah. what what age class you want to pick on, and those are the ones that you should really be targeting. I agree. Well, if someone wants to get a hold of you and uh, book a guide trip, open water or ice, with you or one of your other guides, uh, what would be the best way to do about uh, to go about that? Look me up on fishingwithbernie.com, Facebook Fishing with Bernie, Instagram Fishing with Bernie, any one of those. You can email me at berniekeefe@hotmail.com. Um, just, yeah, look me up in any of those directions, and we'll get you taken care of. Bernie, I certainly appreciate you calling in. Hey, thanks for thanks for having me on. You have a great weekend. If I don't talk to you, Merry Christmas to you. Thank you, Bernie. And now one other thing before we go to break, Bernie uh, throws a really good middle park report out on his website, fishingwithbernie.com, so be sure to check that out. But when we come back, I am going to give a full rundown on some fly fishing opportunities, shifting away from the hard water a little bit. But right now, you are listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented in part by Sun Enterprises, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. This is Austin Parr with Discount Fishing Tackle in Denver, hosting the show for Terry this week. And, you know, down at Discount Fishing Tackle, we certainly have all of the ice fishing products that, that you may need, all these different things we've been talking about, like the high-end rods that Nate was talking about coming down from the St. Paul Ice Show, all of your jigs, live bait, rods, reels, the whole nine yards. But in addition to all that ice fishing and conventional stuff, we offer a selection of fly fishing stuff that really is second to none in the state. And we have all different types of stuff, whether you're looking at uh, a gigantic fly tying selection. If you're out there, one of the anglers that wants to, to utilize the winter to stock up the box for next year, or if you want to get out there on some of these great tailwaters that we're about to talk about, that is all different options, or even a good Christmas gift for that angler in your, angler in your life. We can certainly help out and have the, the staff that is knowledgeable to talk to you about anything from what flies to use or how thick is the ice if you're looking to go up and ice fish somewhere, what to use up there, how to tie a certain fly or fit you in that perfect set of waders. We can help with all of that. But when we're talking about some of this uh, wintertime fly fishing opportunities, it really is one of my favorite times to get out and fly fish over the course of the season. Now, the the crowds are diminished, particularly if you can get out there on a, on a weekday if you're looking for some of the closer to Denver stuff. But uh, the fish can certainly be cooperative, and if you can focus your attention on tailwaters, which are the stretch of a river below a dam, you can have good open water all year long out there. So we'll start off, uh, one of my favorites really is is the Arkansas River below Pueblo Reservoir, and it's one that uh, a lot of people have, have caught on to over the last several years, but it's also one that uh, a lot of people still will overlook. Parks and Wildlife has done an absolutely fantastic job on stream restoration on that stretch of the Arkansas below Pueblo where they have created weirs and various deep holding pools that can support those fish in the hot summer months when you're dealing with over 100 degree temperatures down there. But the, the flow down from the, the reservoir is very consistent. And currently right now it's running at 92 CFS. And at that particular range, it is incredibly fishable. And that fishery down there boasts not only great numbers of fish up higher toward the dam face, but also great size of fish as well that are truly beautiful. I mean, it's remarkable uh, the colors that those fish have down there. It's really reminiscent of some of the, the tailwaters in the state, like the, 
like the the Taylor River or the frying pan. The fish are gorgeous. But uh, if I were to be heading down there, I certainly uh, would would still be thinking about some egg patterns. But a lot of times, uh, the the thing that that's the pattern down there is is the color red. So small red midges like a zebra midge, a jujube midge, or even moving into some of your uh, your tube midges from Landon Mayer. All of those are a very good choice that I'll be trailing behind something a little bit larger like a San Juan worm or that egg fly. But the other thing to consider is you'll still be seeing quite a few blueing olives coming off down there. So jujubatus and RS2s can be quite effective. And in the wintertime, especially as you move down toward the, the later part of your days, there can be some absolutely spectacular hatches that come off on that stretch of river. And, and having some small dry flies like little extended body blueing olives from Solitude Fly Company, little parachute atoms or small snow midge uh, imitations all can be very, very effective uh, to take uh, some of those picky fish out of those seams uh, when they're rising out there. So the arc below Pueblo is great. Also offers really good conventional fishing opportunities. If you're looking to throw some small jerk baits or, or marabou jigs, all can be very effective down there. The other one that I like a lot this time of year is the Blue River and Silverthorn. A lot of times it does take a little bit more pressure than some of these other tailwaters, but still you can find your own place on that stretch. Uh, sight fishing is always the, the key to your success up there. So it's very uh, clear water and flowing at 100 CFS. There's not a ton of flow down there. But those fish will really sit in those seams, and you can really miss them if you're not uh, having a good pair of polarized sunglasses and, and taking your time moving up that, that river. But uh, sight fishing, as I mentioned, is really important. Uh, Jujubatus, more of your black-type colors, and BTS nymphs from Solitude Fly Company also are a very good choice. Small midges trailing behind or RS2s can also be effective. And if it starts slowing down a bit, particularly in lower light periods, uh, the micey shrimp will come out through the dam, and that can be effective. And then streamer fishing is also something that can can really turn the day around sometimes down there. Those fish will be sitting and, and uh, maybe not interested in, in eating your small presentation, but throwing a streamer in front of them can get them to react. Now, the other thing to take into consideration down there is the fact that uh, those fish are very, very particular about your presentation. And if you're fishing a strike indicator in some of those deeper holes, a lot of times I like more of a white or a clear strike indicator. And uh, on the split shot, it sounds very crazy, but those fish are very accustomed to a lot of fishing pressure and can spook away from uh, bright, shiny lead split shot. So going more toward your off-color, uh, kind of dull split shot. A lot of times I like uh, some of the Dinsmore's tin shot that we have down at the store. Uh, that can all be really effective down there as well. But light tippet, uh, 6X, maybe even 7X at times, but fluorocarbon definitely is, is really important. Uh, in that same area, the blue below Green Mountain is flowing at 208 CFS, offering some good fishing down there. Keep in mind, uh, to get down into there is pretty steep. The access is not great, so making sure to have some studs on the bottom of your boots can definitely help uh, get you down toward that canyon and back out easily. But betas, definitely. Midges are also a good choice, and smaller stonefly patterns are good. The eagle at Walcott, although not a tailwater, is flowing at 105 CFS at Walcott, and down toward Gypsum is flowing at 197. There is some ice that's beginning to build, but still fairly open down there. Stoneflies and streamers have been effective. Egg patterns, certainly still this time of year. RS2s and uh, some other various small betas are also a, a good choice. Uh, the Frying Pan River is a great wintertime destination to go and hit. Uh, it's currently flowing at 85 CFS, which is not huge, but it will remain ice-free all year long and offer some of the largest trout really in the state anywhere. Uh, micey shrimp are usually the lead fly that you'll want to utilize up there. So a sands micey shrimp from Umpqua is one of my favorites. However, there's several solitude fly patterns that fish really well. 
trailing small juju betas. Um, juju B midges are also a great choice, and top secret midges. Uh, some of the Pat Dorsey stuff works really good up there, those. And uh, you can have fantastic success. A lot of times the sight fishing is important up there, uh, but in the lower light periods, you can blind fish up there as far as blind nymphing, and then also throwing streamers, you can get fish to chase really well up there on on even it, it's somewhat counterintuitive but the white streamers are really a great choice uh in the lower light rather than some of the darker stuff that you would typically think of um, but the afternoons typically are best up there it's a very dark canyon and the fish are most active once that sun gets out on on the water moving towards the south Platte, 11 mile canyon is flowing 66 cfs and fishing well with a lot of rs2s bars pure midge larva is another really good choice up there and wd-40s also Cheeseman Canyon, just increase the flow up there. You're flowing at 162 CFS and slightly higher as you move down toward Deckers. Probably that's going to be dealing with the, the highest pressure as far as fishing pressure that you're going to be dealing with, but still fishing really well on uh, Mercury Betas have been really productive up there and even still seeing a few Betas hatches coming off here and there. So certainly something to, to consider um, and, and some of my, my favorite options in, in, the, in the wintertime, if you can get out there in the, in the, uh, during the middle of the week and hiking up into the canyon, you can have great success, as I mentioned, on some of those Mercury Betas. But then also small egg patterns will still be working, small worms. And then I also like micro stones up there this time of year. A lot of people are throwing such small stuff that if you can get into something a little bit larger, like that micro stone or even a pine squirrel leech, like a Mayer's micro leech or a standard one from Solitude Fly Company as your lead pattern, you can have really good success. But keep in mind that canyon is, is there's a lot of deep holes. So making sure to change your indicator rig, getting deeper with heavier weight and more line certainly can help. And then shallowing yourself up in other areas also is productive. But down at Discount Fishing Tackle, we're at 2645 South Santa Fe Drive. I'm the co-owner down there, and we have fanta fantastic, knowledgeable staff that can help you with any of this. So if you're looking to, to see what any of these fly patterns look like or, or are, are curious about some other place to go in, and fish, I can help you out down there, and, and all the guys would love to do that. Uh, we have a great selection, uh, one of the best in the state. So uh, we certainly uh, would appreciate you coming on down and, and shopping small this holiday season. But when we come back, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to talk with Ronnie Castiglione about some more ice fishing, but a little bit different twist on that coming up here. Um, but you are listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented in part by Sun Enterprises, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. This is Austin Parr, co-owner of Discount Fishing Tackle on South Santa Fe Drive, filling in for Terry this week while he is off on vacation. And we are going to go right to the phones one more time with Ronnie Castiglione with Fishful Thinker. Ronnie, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, Austin. How are you doing this morning, bud? Oh, I am doing excellent. We certainly have been talking about all kinds of different stuff on the show, lots of ice fishing, and you're going to kind of talk a little bit more about that, but in a little bit different twist. Yeah, absolutely, Austin. You know, it's this is this is a tip that I give a, a lot of a lot of anglers, a lot of people that email me or people that go out on guide trips with me. Um, you, you know, definitely we're going to relate it to ice fishing as we get into this time of year. But it's really a tip that that can be utilized all throughout the year. You know, especially when you're traveling to new locations. I know when I go to Florida, I do a lot of this, and and, and what it really is about is is about getting online 
And getting onto one of the mapping sites that's out there, something like Google Earth, for example, and utilizing the tools that are on Google Earth, utilizing the images, the satellite images that are on Google Earth to really study the body of water that you're going to and kind of plan your, your, your trips. So let's talk about ice fishing, for example. Let's say somebody's new to the state or somebody's just, you know, getting into ice fishing and, and they're thinking about heading up into the mountains and, and maybe getting on one of the more popular bodies of water up there and trying ice fishing for the first time. Uh, I know that if you get on Google Earth and you you look at some a, a place like like Ontario or or maybe Dillon or maybe Dowdy, let's say the, those are three of the more popular ice fishing lakes that we have here in the state. Uh, the Google Earth images for those lakes are incredible, and you can really glean a lot of information from studying those images, um, and you can really kind of plan your trip and, and get an idea of what you're going to go about doing when you get up to the lake, Austin. Especially when you're talking about things that you can't see on a map or there's not a map available like a weed line. You know, you talk about Antero and and Lake John. Those weed ledges out there can be shown from Google Earth, but you cannot see them with good regularity or, or consistency on any map. Yeah, absolutely, Austin. You know, I mean, there's some obvious things that you can look at when you're going to a new body of water. Um, you can look at, you know, how to get there for one. You can look at where the access is on the body of water, where the parking areas are, you know. That'll give you an idea uh, for ice fishing, especially because you're going to be doing a lot of walking when you do ice fishing. So understanding where you can park, where you can gain access to the lake, looking at things that aren't necessarily visible on some of the topo maps and things like that, like you're mentioning, um, it's really easy on those bodies of water to spot some of the submerged humps. Um, You know, yes, you can see the submerged humps on some of the maps as well, but on some of the, the Google Earth images, you can actually look at a hump and you can see, okay, on this side of the hump, it looks real steep and looks real bluffy. But as you get to this side of the hump, you can see that there's a long, extruded point that sticks out right there. So, you know, looking at features like that, looking at some of the inlet areas and some of the drains that come into the lake, you know, it's really easy on, on some of the regular mapping stuff to spot, you know, the bigger inlets that flow in. But if you get on Google Earth, a lot of times you can see some of the smaller little creeks arms some of the smaller little drain areas that when snow was melting you get you get little flows that run into these particular little wetland areas and you get you get small little channels that run into the lake those things are often very easy to spot from a google earth image especially on some of those higher lakes because a lot of those higher lakes have clear water a lot of the time so the images will really allow you to see into the water i'll give you an example austin you know i was just uh, planning a trip to go to dowdy next weekend and get out and do a little ice fishing and I fished Dowdy a good number of times. There's no doubt about it. And I've spotted a lot of the humps and, and know where all the you know the visible humps that come up above the water. But I can tell you, just yesterday looking at Dowdy, I spotted two submerged humps on that lake on the Google Earth image. I didn't know it was there often. And so, I, you know, those lakes, I've, I've marked those things. I know where they are. A lot of times you can lay down GPS coordinates on a, on a program like Google Earth, and then you can transfer those over onto your phone or onto a, a handheld device. Another way to go about it that's even a, a little less technical is Google Earth has, a, you know, a ruler tool where you can get on there and you can actually measure lakes and measure dimensions and get an idea of where certain things are. So I can look at a shoreline and say, hey, there's a large tree right Right there and, and utilize the Google Earth image and come straight off of it and find out that there's a nice hump out there that's 100 yards right off of that big tree. Um, I can get up to the lake and I can spot that big tree, no problem, and I can I can estimate those 100 yards or use my, use my phone to kind of measure that out and get on top of those humps. So just little things like that a lot of times are going to you know, definitely 
win to being more successful when you get out on the water for the first time. Austin. Absolutely. And I mean, we, we talk about structure so much with these various fish species and, and a lot of the stuff that you and I both guide are, are walleyes and smallmouth bass. And, and the structure is incredibly important for those guys. But even with species like trout that may be a bit more pelagic and not 100% oriented with structure a lot of the time, uh, you can find these areas like you talked about with those inlets or a little creek channel or a weed line that these fish are going to get driven along. And if you can get on that line where those fish are being driven instead of being out away from it, it can make all the difference in the world ice fishing. And I'd always tell people that during the ice is one of the absolute best times. If you want to just catch flat out numbers of trout, the ice fishing is one of the best times to do it. And utilizing these, these techniques with Google Earth can help with that. Yeah, you know, and, and trout, for example, you know, yeah, they tend to be pelagic. They tend to, you know, you get on these bodies of water, especially some of these lower lakes that we have around the front range that are a little more bowl-shaped type of uh, of lakes, you know. They tend to just kind of roam around and that sort of a thing. But if, if you can spot, you know, if there's a particular point or two on that, that, that round lake or there is a little bit of a shallow shoal that comes out, things like that that you can see on Google Earth, without a doubt, when those trout, you know, work their way around the lake and they come to that point and they get on those little ambush, areas they tend to be looking to feed right then as they come around so you know starting off on a new body of water and, and kind of locating that structure is definitely going to improve your your chance you may want to expand upon the area once you locate the structure and kind of you know see if the fish are shallow see if the fish are coming in deep those kind of things maybe they're on that that long tapering point and you're getting bit out there maybe they're on that steeper bluffier stuff uh, it's just going to improve your chances now there, there's another thing that that, that we see here Especially on the front line of range lakes, Austin, you know, the lakes down low, lakes like uh, like Horseshoe, like Boyd, um, lakes like Pueblo, lakes like, uh, you know, Douglas up north and, and Smith and lakes like that. These are all reservoirs. And, you know, throughout the years and throughout, you know, you know, any particular year or, you know, throughout the years in the past, those lakes have often drawn down. And so if you get on a site like Google Earth, um, there's there's a tool that you can get on there, and you can you can look at the history for the bodies of water. You can get on there, and you can historically go back, and you can see these satellite images that go back as far as 15, maybe 20 years back. Um, a lot of times, if you kind of scroll through that history for a body of water, you'll find on any particular year, you'll find an image there of that lake drawn down. If you can get that image of that lake drawn down, now you're, you've got an extreme advantage when you get out there, Austin, and, and the water may be high. Uh, you can see what's going on on there. Certainly you can spot the humps. You can spot the points and things like that. But one of the big things you can spot, you know, you mentioned weed lines. One of the other things that I really key on are, are the transition areas. Um, I'll give you an example uh, on horse tooth, for example, this year. Um, you know, I have a Google Earth image that's, that's overlaid on my electronics, and that's something that's starting to happen in the industry, and that's something we've been doing for several years at Fishful Thinker. Um, my map image that I look at on my Lowrance is actually a Google Earth image drawn down on horse tooth. Um, this year, for example, when we got out there and we were we were fishing deep late in the year for smallmouth and for walleyes, you know, a lot of the fish we were catching were in that, let's say, 30 to 45-foot range, maybe as far out to 60. But 45-foot really seemed to be about the depth that I was really focused on throughout the lake, Austin. Um, that Google Earth image that I had overlaid happened to be of the lake drawn down, and the high water mark was just right at about 45 feet. And so I knew that if I stayed, you know, visually looking 
looking at my map, if I kept my boat, you know, right there to where that on my image, the water was, you know, all the way down to, then I was in the hunt as far as being in the right depth as I worked my way around the lake. Well, that Google Earth image, for example, on horse juice, it's very, very easy to spot the transitions that happen on a lake. As you look at a lake like horse juice, there's rock that pretty much covers the entire shoreline, but that rock's not at a consistent depth and it's not at a consistent shape. There's a lot of little points. There's a lot of little rounded off points that comes down, things like that, where you can spot that rock. One of the keys for us this fall was if I looked at that Google Earth image right at that low watermark and I could see a transition happening anywhere around the lake, anywhere where it was transitioning from the rock to dirt bottom or to a sand bottom, I knew that if I ran around the lake and just scanned those particular areas all over the lake, if I found bait fish anywhere near those areas, then that's where we stopped and we caught fish all all fall. You know, it was absolutely... You can you can do that on a lot of the bodies of water. You can do that as far as ice fishing as well. You can focus on those transitions. A lot of times the fish that are moving around the lake or the fish that are set up like the smallies and things like that, they'll be on those transitions that, this time of year. And Google Earth can absolutely help you find those areas if you're not familiar where those transitions are. Ronnie, if somebody wants to get a hold of you for a guide trip this next year, uh, what would be the best way to go about that? You can email me, Ronnie Cast or just Ronnie at fishfulthinker.com. That's R-O-N-N-Y at fishfulthinker.com. You can find me, Ronnie Castiglione, on Facebook, and that's a good way to message me as well. Um, you can also just get a hold of us, fishfulthinker.com. That's the website right there. You can get a hold of us there, email us there, and reach out to Chad, and he'll put you in touch with me, that kind of a thing. And then we are absolutely looking to book for next fall or for next spring right now and get people out as soon as we can get back out on these lakes. Awesome. Absolutely, Ronnie. Well, we certainly appreciate you calling in as always and providing those uh, insightful pieces. Absolutely. You have a good one, buddy. Thank you, Ronnie. So once again, that was Ronnie Castiglione with Fishful Thinker. Fishful Thinker offers a great guide service in northern Colorado, and along with uh, being the co-owner of Discount Fishing Tackle down on South Santa Fe, I also guide on the front range. I guide on Chatfield and Cherry Creek Reservoirs. Hopefully we'll get enough good ice out there to run some guide trips there. Uh, But in the open water, I specialize in walleyes, and I specialize in smallmouth bass. Uh, so we, if you would like to get out and, and do a trip with me, uh, my phone number is 303-514-5546. And you can almost always catch me down at the store at Discount Fishing Tackle at 2645 South Santa Fe Drive. So I uh, would love to see you guys down there. Uh, we also are going to have a booth at the International Sportsman's Expo this coming year. Once again, that is January 9th through the 12th. Coming on Sunday, if you have any kids, as uh, Brad Peterson mentioned, there's going to be a great rod giveaway. Uh, so that rod giveaway uh, is going to be, like I said, for uh, the, the, the kids. Bring them on down. Get a ticket with Terry over at the Demo Tank. And we're going to have a bunch of great deals as well as a huge, huge, huge selection of ice fishing products and all kinds of new stuff from Dynamic Lures and BioBaits also going to be with us down there. So that's going to be a great deal. On a side note, if anybody's looking for a Ranger or a Lund boat, just been down at Crowley Marine over the last little bit here, and Crowley is your one-stop shop for anything and everything Lund and Ranger, including a fantastic parts inventory if you're looking to get uh, your boat all winterized and set for next year. So once again, this has been Austin Parr, co-owner of Discount Fishing Tackle, hosting Terry Wickstrom Outdoors while he has been away. Uh, We certainly appreciate you guys listening in, and we look forward to Nate hosting the show next week. Thank you, and have a great day.